Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Wing and a fly ball. Deep to left. Down the line. Could be. Going, going. And it is gone for a home run for David Wright. Took him out swinging. Slider away. Tanaka tonight has struck out 10 and walked one. I mean, that's pretty darn good, huh? Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to Gotham Baseball Live. I'm your host, Mark Healy. I am the executive editor and founder of of Gotham Baseball and GothamBaseball.com, and we've got a great show on tap for you today. Pete McCarthy, our good buddy who does the pre- and post-game for the New York Mets on WOR, 710 AM, is going to be joining us to talk about the New York Mets, and the roster's pretty much set. Uh, there are some last-minute things that have to be discussed, and he's here to talk about it right now. Pete McCarthy, welcome to Gotham Baseball Live. How are you today, buddy? I'm great. What's going on, Mark? Um, obviously, uh, you know, in the last few minutes I've been looking at the wire. I haven't seen a final decision uh, between uh, Seth Lugo and Rafael Montero for that last spot uh, of you know for the Mets bullpen. The loser, of course, will go to AAA uh, to be the uh, emergency starter in case uh, the Mets need one. Um, have you heard anything uh, this morning about that final decision? No, we'll uh, we'll see where the Mets go. I'll be going out to City Field in uh, about an hour and a half. I would have been there, you know, already, but they they banged the uh, the game against Army because of the weather today. So uh, I'm sure we'll get an indication uh, later on today when you know Terry Collins talks, and uh, we'll hear from Noah Syndergaard there as well. Uh, but, you know, it, you could say the loser ends up down at AAA, but I, you'd always, I'm sure these guys would rather be with the big league club. But if you're the one that's stretched out down at AAA, you're one issue for a starting pitcher, one doubleheader away from coming up and getting an opportunity in the rotation. And, you know, knowing the, uh, the injury history of some of these guys, um, you know, you could end up being back with the Mets in, uh, you know, not, not much time perhaps. I really hate the the idea, though. Uh, you know, and I, I look. I, I've talked about this over and over again, Pete. Uh, that Las Vegas is the AAA team because I, I just feel that it's it's a place where you know your ERA goes to die. I mean, you know, it, it it's such a uh, you know it's so tough for the pitchers down there, and it's such a, a tough environment to try to gauge where these guys are. Because let's be honest, I mean that you know those those are uh, you know the the PCL is is a mess when it comes to you know trying to get pitchers ready. Um, and here's the other thing no, too. I know that Lugo and Gesellman last year they were terrible at AAA, and it wasn't indicative at all of what they were capable of doing. What they ended up doing at the right. league level. Right. 
No, it's a, it's a great point. Um, I was going over Pete um, because I was trying to remember. Uh, you know, Pete, of course, was a, a guest uh, panelist on our State of the Mets panel at the Queens Baseball Convention back in January. And I, I went back, Pete, to listen because, you know, as good as my memory is, sometimes I forget. And I wanted to see where you and I were as far as where this team is concerned. And one of the things that you said during the course of that Q&A period um, was that the Mets have to be focused on the division um, because that, 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 that play-in game, I don't even call it a wild card anymore because it's a play-in game, that's what it is, um, that the Mets are not built for the play-in game. The Mets are built you know, with their pitching and the depth in their pitching. They're built to beat you in a series. And I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm looking at, you know, and I wrote this a couple of weeks ago. People haven't picked up on it, which is not shocking. But, you know, the Mets have never made the postseason three years in a row. But mm-hmm. Dusty Baker's never won a division two years in a row. So this is going to be the, uh, the kind of season where which streak proves true. And if I, had to, if I had to get you right now to predict whether or not the Mets would win the division or the Nats will win the division, where are you leaning? I'd say no uh, right now for the Mets. Uh, this, the Stephen Matt's injury does really concern me. I thought things were really going well for the Mets in spring training, and the big key is just get the pitching to the finish line. Get the pitching to the finish line. And the week before opening day, they have everybody. All, all seven of these guys are pitching and healthy, and Harvey's moving in the right direction, right? And then Matt's elbow starts to bark. He throws. They say he's okay. Next day, you know, he's going to be out. He's not going to throw until May. PRP injection, and, or he's not going to throw for three weeks, I should say. And he's not going to be back any time, um, you know, earlier than May. So, and that really concerns me because you looked at Syndergaard and DeGrom, and you still do, as not only guys you could put at the top of the rotation, but those are two pitchers that the way that they look this spring, they should be competing for the Cy Young. Matt Harvey's coming back from thoracic outlet syndrome. I wouldn't be surprised if there are ebbs and flows and it's not, you know, a straight line trajectory up as the velocity, you know, is picked up. I mean, it's nice that he finished spring well, but I think you'll probably see some inconsistency over the course of this year as he battles back from that. And, you know, Matt's could have been that, that number three that kind of shields you. Harvey has some issues over the course of this year. And now, you know, he's gone for, you know, at least a month. So, um, you know, the Mets are already dipping into the depth that they have. Instead of being able to plug in Zach Wheeler at some point during the season, now he's out there right at the outset. And, you know, another injury or two, which, again, wouldn't be shocking considering the history for these guys. And, you know, the Mets are running out of that, you know, great depth that they have as far as the starting pitching goes. So that really makes me, um, you know, nervous about the Mets at this point. And as far as the Nationals go, yeah, they're thin as far as their starting pitching goes as well, but those guys have held up a little bit better over the years with the exception of Strasburg, uh, and that lineup's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I don't know why they have Adam Eaton hitting six. Uh, I, would think that would, I would think he'd be perfect to hit two behind Trey Turner in front of Bryce Harper and Daniel Murphy, but, you know, the, no matter how they structure it, the top five, six in that lineup are fantastic. So, um, yeah, I give the Nationals a little bit of an edge right now, and um, – you know, the, the injury to Mets is a big difference maker to me because we, we talk about it all the time, right? The Mets pitchers, they have to stay healthy. That's the difference for the team. And now you, know, you have one of these guys out for um, a significant period. And, 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 you know, also you have to remember that, 
Zach Wheeler, who's been named the fourth starter, uh, you know, isn't exactly uh, the picture of health either. I mean, he's he's looked better, uh, but he, you know, here's a guy who hasn't pitched in two years really, and you know, number four starter is you know is a good spot for him because there won't be as much pressure. But you know, you go from a big five now to a big three and maybe a four. Uh, you know, Gazelman pitched. And he you know, could, start in you're right. Training. It, yeah, exactly. It's not as if, you know, he was pitching lights out the whole time. The last start, he threw five scoreless against the Marlins. Was their legit lineup? It's great to see, but, you know, it, it's not as if there were three great starts there over the course of spring. And, and Wheeler, even when he was healthy, was never consistent. And that was the thing that he was going to have to uh, pick up on. So, you know, Wheeler could be a great X factor for this team. But, you know, if he's starting the season in the rotation, even at number four, it's you know, not quite what it could have been as far as, you know, that depth and, and guys to go to. And, you know, you have the inning limit, which isn't strict, but, you know, it's about 120 for Zach Wheeler as well. Uh, again, you know, the starting pitcher can still be a strength for the Mets, but it not only needs to be a strength, it needs to be the best in the league uh, to, I think, push the Mets ahead of the national. When we did the State of the Mets in January, again, we're talking with Pete McCarthy uh, from uh, WOR 710. He does the pre and the post for the Mets on, that flag, on their flagship station. He's also the host of, of the Sports Zone. Um, you know, we, I, don't, I don't believe that the Mets had re-signed Blevins and Salas at that point. So we were kind of bemoaning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the bullpen at that point, you know, as far as depth is concerned. I, look, I, I like that they brought these two guys back. I don't love that Edgin is in the bullpen. Uh, I don't like the three lefties. And the other thing that really concerns me, and I, I, maybe you and I have disagreed on this in the past. I'm, I, I don't remember, Pete. But I'm worried. About, I feel like the Mets haven't had a good manager who knows how to run a bullpen since Bobby Valentine. Uh, Willie was terrible at it. You know, Terry's had his ups and downs. And I know statistically last year uh, the bullpen you know, uh, was, you know, statistically acceptable. But I, I get the sense sometimes, especially, you know, especially late in games, that sometimes Terry, you know, kind of the implementation of the bullpen and the assets that he has in front of him, sometimes, you know, it, there's a little fuzziness there. And, and that's kind of the thing that worries me, especially when we talk about the rotation, especially when we talk about, you know, not overtaxing these guys, especially early in the season. You know, I'm worried about the bullpen from a from a overall standpoint. Um, you know, as far as you know, the the kind of pieces that they have, and also the implementation. How do you feel about that? Well, I think the bullpen, uh, especially when Familia comes back, but even at the outset of the season, what is helpful is you can go through and say, okay, this pitcher's role is X, this pitcher's role is Y, right? I mean, even Addison Reed's going to pitch tonight. Uh, Fernando Salas is going to pitch the eighth. If you need to get a big lefty, Cherry Blevins can come in the seventh inning or the eighth inning. Uh, you know, Hanzo Robles is probably your seventh inning guy, right? I mean, it seems a little more push button than it, it has been over the years. And there's a familiarity with all of these pitchers. They were all on the team last year. So, you know, I think as far as implementing the bullpen, it really shouldn't be brain surgery this year because these guys all found roles last season and it's just carrying over uh, to 2017. That's why I think it was so important to bring back Blevins and Salas and, and have that kind of depth 
uh, in the bullpen, especially with the you know uncertainty as to how long the suspension will be for Familia. Now we know it'll be the first two weeks uh, or so of the season. Um, and I think the bullpen overall, it, it clearly has potential. What I would worry about is just, you know, overworking these guys. You know, Jerry's has thrown in a ton of games over the last couple of years. Uh, Jerry Blevins threw a lot, you know, last year as well. And as we know with bullpens, you know, you have a, a year where you overproduce like they did last year. It, it usually doesn't, you know, maintain the next season. Usually there's some kind of dip. There's always set ups and downs as far as bullpens go. So, uh, that's the kind of thing that, that I would worry about more than anything. But on paper, when Familia comes back, I mean, the pen should be strong enough. And then, you know, this team does have the depth in the minor league system that, you know, if there's a hole that opens up in July, they should be able to, to find somebody. Well, that's the great thing about this show, because not only do we do it live, but it also records. So I can play this back to you, Pete, uh, in, in May or June. It all gets played back. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's go to the lineup quick because I know you have to go, and I really appreciate you making the time for us today. I know you're busy. Um, let's talk about the lineup. Um, the only guy that really uh, – look, I would have – and I think I said this at the State of the Mets as well. Uh, look, I would have I tried to get a Brian McCann in here to play catcher. I, I'm really – I think I've seen enough of Darno. A lot of people seem to think that, you know, he deserves another chance, and, and that might be the case. Uh, sometime, somehow I think that if Sandy Alderson didn't make him part of a, a you know, part of the deal uh, with, with R.A. Dickey that, um, you know, maybe uh, Darno wouldn't have given this much of a leash. But that's, that's besides the point. Um, I would have gone out, I would have tried to get McCann to be the main catcher, and I would have really made an attempt to sign Edwin Encarnacion and, and maybe non-tender. Uh, well, no, if, I, if I'm getting Encarnacion, I'd have to non-tender Duda. Uh, but that they didn't do that. So what they did was is they, they felt that Duda and Walker, even though they're coming off of back injuries and, and they're infield with, you know, Jose Reyes at third and, and Cabrera at, at, at shortstop and then the outfield, the way it's, you know, situated, the lineup looks, um, you know, and again, health, just like the pitching, has to, has to be in play. But the offense looks like it's – Pretty solid to start the season. The one thing I'm concerned about, and maybe you can address this and how you think it's going to get better, is the way that this team hit with runners in scoring position last year. I believe they were 11th uh, overall. Even they were first in home runs or second in home runs, but they were 11th hitting with runners in scoring position. I think that, if they can improve upon that, that, that will go a long way to helping them at least contend for the division. Yeah, that's the key. And we were talking with uh, Keith Hernandez of the SNY, you know, last night about that. And I asked him, um, you know, the team is so dependent on home runs this year. Do you see another avenue for how, you know, they can improve this offense with a lot of the same players back? And he said, you know, that the clutch hitting, it has to be better. And that's kind of the argument that it was so bad for the Mets last year that it really has only one place to go. And they were historically bad with runners in scoring position for the first four and a half months of the year. And they were teetering along, you know, the Mendoza line. And then uh, finally, you know, those final 40 games, they started to hit with men in scoring position. They ended up, I think, about 224, and it was good for uh, 29th in all baseball. So, I mean, that's an area where they have to be uh, better this season. And it doesn't sound like they really look at it as, you know, there's, some kind of a approach that 
you know, really needs to change or anything along those lines. It's just that, you know, the, the way baseball goes, that it'll it'll bounce back, they'll hit a little better with men in scoring position. Uh, they're never going to be great at it because it's not a team that hits for a high average in general. Uh, but when I asked Sandy Alderson about it, you know, he said one thing that they expect this year as well is the on-base percentage to go up so they can have more opportunities uh, with, you know, men in, in scoring position as well. So, yeah, that would be a big key. Um, you know, theoretically, they have more depth in the starting lineup with, you know, Darno all the way down in the eight hole. They have more depth on the bench, uh, you know, at this point with, you know, a kid like T.J. Rivera who can really handle the bat and was part of turning around uh, those uh, runners in, in scoring position numbers. So um, those are some of the things you can, you know, try to hang your hat on. But I still think this is going to be a home run first club. How realistic is it, uh, and this will be the last question, Pete, because I know you got to scoot, how, how likely is it that we see Ahmed Rosario before, the, before September? Do you think we'll see him around the train deadline? Because I get the sense that the Mets um, you know, would be more willing to bring up a guy like that, especially if he's hitting at a high level at AAA, uh, rather than make a deal and trade any of their prospects. Uh, how likely do you think that we'll see Rosario this year in meaningful you know, games, not just the September call-up? Well, I think they would make a deal in July. Uh, there is you know, a lot of depth in the system, and they're not going to deal with Rosario, but you know, they could look to move you know, some other pieces in the system. And you know, if they need help at catcher, as you mentioned, with, with Travis Darnot, you know, they could go for that. If they need the bullpen to help that I talked about earlier, they could go for that. And I think Rosario kind of backs them up where if it's Jubal Cabrera, Neil Walker, or Jose Reyes has some kind of issue, well, they don't have to make a move at the infield spot. They could bring up Rosario. You know, Cabrera's played all over the infield. Neil Walker has some experience at third base. So they can, you know, mix things up a little bit potentially. And that's where I think, you know, if Rosario hits a triple-A and – how do you not hit at AAA Las Vegas? I think that, uh, yeah, it would not be, you know, surprising at all. Let's say, you know, Jose Reyes isn't the spark plug that he was for the Mets last year and starts to look more like the guy that he was, you know, a couple of years ago in Toronto and Colorado, then, yeah, Ahmed Rosario could be a real interesting option to, you know, again, spark things up a little bit, give you, you know, some terrific defense, a big upgrade as far as that goes at shortstop. And, you know, offensively, what he gives you, he gives you, I think, as a rookie. But we've seen, you know, the look at the teams that finished out last year. The Dodgers with a terrific young shortstop at Corey Seager. The Indians with Francisco Lindor. The Cubs with Addison Russell. You can win with a young guy at shortstop and, you know, can make a, a, a big difference for you. So, um, yeah, I, I'd expect, you know, Rosario to play some kind of role uh, just because, you know, as we know, opportunities are going to open up uh, along the way when you're playing a 162 game. Pete, as always, thank you for the time, buddy. I appreciate you hopping on with us uh, during a busy day. And, you know, enjoy the season. And we'll be f- looking forward to listening to you on, on WOR 710 uh, for the pre and post and, of course, the Sports Zone. Take care, my friend. Have a great weekend. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mark. Fired up to start it up on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Opening day is on Monday, and uh, thank you again to our good buddy Pete McCarthy. You know, Pete is a guy that uh, has really been uh, fantastic for us over the years. You know, he 
he used to hop on with us at uh, when we did the show from Foley's uh, in Manhattan. Uh, he used to hop on with us on Sirius. So Pete's always been there, always been a solid for us, and we appreciate his time today. He was really busy. He really kind of flipped around his schedule to make sure that he could be on with us. So we really appreciate you know, Pete stepping up and being part of the program. I do want to mention a couple of things uh, that happened this week that if you go to GothamBaseball.com, of course you see the great content that we have on there from uh, our good buddy Robert Pimpsner, his website, the uh, AmazingProspects.com, as well as PinstripesProspects.com, and of course our other content partner, Mets360.com, who puts out a tremendous amount of content and, of course, you can uh, link to it on GothamBaseball.com. But I also wanted to mention that uh, shout-out to our good buddy Jerry Milani, who interviewed uh, Marty Appel um, for his new book, Casey Stengel, Baseball's Greatest Character. Now, I'm reading the book as well. I'll have a review up later today. Uh, look, whether, whether you're talking about Casey with the Mets, whether you're talking about Casey with the Yankees or the Boston Braves or the Brooklyn Dodgers or the New York Giants, he certainly was baseball's greatest character. I cannot urge you enough to purchase this book. It's fantastic. You can get it on Amazon.com. Uh, you can see the interview that Jerry did with uh, Marty on GothamBaseball.com. And as well uh, as my review, which will be up later today. Um, I, I really... I can't stress enough. I mean, Marty has written some fantastic books over the years. Uh, his, Munson, his Munson book, Death of a Yankee Captain, uh, his Pinstripe Empire uh, book, which is, you know, every Yankee fan should own it. It's, it's fantastic. But, you know, Marty, Marty has always been a mentor to us here at Gotham Baseball. He was part of Gotham Baseball. He was a senior editor at one point, along with Art Shamsky, the 1969 Mets champion. So, you know, we really are trying to do as much as we can for you folks. You know, we, we've been trying to link to stuff. We try to share information. You know, uh, in the 20 years that I've been in journalism, 15 of those, 16 of those were in sports. And we really want to get back to giving the New York baseball fan the kind of respect, the kind of content that you deserve. I mean, I, I'm not going to say which radio stations I was listening to, you know, going into work this morning. But it was, it was like, you know, we're talking about LeBron James and the NBA. You know, we're talking about, uh, I don't know what they were talking about on some of the other shows. But, I mean, it, it was like, you know, where's the baseball talk? I mean, opening day is Monday. You've got a Yankee team that it probably has its most exciting roster uh, in God knows how long. With you know guys like Greg Bird and Gary Sanchez, you got all the Luis Severino, you got all these guys that look like might I might I dare say look like the '93 '94 team that was on the cusp of a dynasty. You know, and I'm not saying that 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 this Yankee team is going to turn into the Derek Jeter, or Mariano Rivera Yankees. I'm not saying that, but if you're a Yankee fan, you have to be excited about. What's going on with your team? Never talk about it on, on any of these local sports radio stations. We talk about it here, of course. We had Brian Hoke last week give us a great interview, you know, about the Yankee system and, and, and you know, the Yankees as, as an organization and the Yankees as a team going into 2017. You know, we, we talked with Pete McCarthy today. 
about what to expect, you know, for, for, for the season. Now, you know, Pete and I are a little bit more skeptical than maybe some others. You know, Mike Puma uh, in the New York Post today in his Mets preview, he picked the Mets to win the division. I'm not ready to do that yet. I First of all, I have to see, you know, the Nationals on a regular basis, but I also have to see the rest of the teams. And, you know, the Marlins look like, and even though they've lost Jose Fernandez, you know, the Marlins always give the Mets problems. The Braves have improved. I don't like the idea that Ari Dickey and Bartolo Colon are now with the Braves, giving them that kind of solidified uh, back end of their rotation. Frankly, I would have kept Cologne and I would have tried to get a guy like Ari Dickey because you don't have to worry about Ari Dickey's arm. So this is what we're trying to bring to you. We're going to try to bring really good baseball talk, you know, once a week. And then, and then you know, if the listenership uh, responds, we'll certainly try to do more than once a week if we can. You know, it's a question of, you know, this isn't Sirius XM. I don't have, you know, two producers working for me, booking guests and producing spots. But I do want to thank our old buddy Nate Lee, because if you listen to the beginning of the program, we have that great intro uh, that was put together for us by Nate Lee, who was one of my, uh, one of my producers over at Sirius. And that was like a little going away present when I walked away from Sirius uh, a few years ago. Uh, he did that for us, and I really appreciated it. Uh, so, Nate, if you're listening, thanks again, buddy. Love, absolutely love the intro for the show. And that's really, that's really it for this week, folks. You know, check out GothamBaseball.com for the great interview that Jerry Milani did with Marty Appel. Look out for my review of Casey Stengel, baseball's greatest character, a little bit later today. That'll be out. And just keep, keep it locked in on GothamBaseball.com because we'll talk about what we're going to be doing going forward. We've got some exciting things in the works, and we've gotten a lot of help from a lot of great people out there in the baseball world, out from Mets Twitter, from Yankees Twitter, uh, the social media folks that have been with us from, from the very beginning. 2005 is when we started Gotham, and, and certainly looking forward to doing this podcast for the rest of the season. So happy opening, happy opening day, everybody. Have a great, great weekend. And baseball starts on Monday, so that means spring is here and baseball season is here. Have a great one, everybody. This is Gotham Baseball Live. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.